and welcome to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast, hosted by Matt Turner from the Treehouse Board Game Cafe, Connor Clark from Boneloaf, and me, Jade Knox from Ember. This podcast is all about gaming news and events across the Steel City this May. This month, we celebrate SGC birthdays, enjoy party game patter, and most exciting of all, we sit down with Jim Freeman talking about the history of Patriot Games and its evolution from Marketplace Comic Store to the massive community it is today. Plus, we get his insight into how Patriot has continued to flourish at a time of high street decay. And then the third oh, right, round, okay. you have to mime it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you're advanced, which my family feel like they are because we've played it a lot, you do the strike a pose round where <laughs> you're only allowed to strike one pose to, to give all of the information you need. Yeah. Um, and that that can be very entertaining. So I really like that one because it hits all the, the right spots for a party game. Mm. So that's time, time's up. Up, time's up. Okay. You can have participation in from, from like anyone from yeah. any player count. Okay, I like that. I, I think a high player count game that I've seen felt like it's worked really well was uh two rooms and a boom which i love you do have to have a moderator for that which so it does like mean that one person has to be um uh like past the parcel uh a mum i i love that role <laughs> so, there's always someone that likes that role I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true particularly amongst gamers I think. yeah yeah, yeah for sure. it's uh within our staff it's riley um always <laughs> always running the uh the games but um but two rooms and a boom is so good because it's a hidden role game that is basically not about deduction anymore because the the, the player numbers are so big um, you can play it with like you know six and six or, or or what have you, but really it gets good when you've got like twelve people on one team and twelve people on the other. The mm-hmm. idea is that you play it across two rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, one, uh, everyone gets given a, a hidden card. You're either on the blue team, at which point you want the president to be safe, and you're, or you're on the red team, at which point you want the bomber to kill the president. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you're going to do that is by making sure that the bomber and the president end in, end up at the end of the a series of rounds, uh, quickly shortening rounds, that the bomber and the president are in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and uh-huh. each... this, this party does it has, you need to have two rooms for this. Yeah, party. <laughs> you, 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 need, you need to have room rooms. Party. Yeah, you do need um... to have a multi-room party. <laughs> um, but uh, you know that's always been fairly uh, easy because the first time I played this was at the cafe, and the second time and third time and fourth time I played this was at the cafe. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> And we do have two rooms, uh, at least. But yeah, point being is that like each round, at the end of each round, um, people have to two representatives who are like the leaders of that room have to decide who to send over to the other room. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this beautiful dance where some people are on the blue team, so they've got to try and figure out who the president is in order to protect protect them. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, people on the red team are uh, like, you know, you can either show your card or you can show just the colour of your card. Um, so like the bomber could be like, oh yeah, I'm on the red team, sure. Uh, but I'm... I'm not the bomber. Mm. I'm just a just a regular Joe. Uh, and so you you have this beautiful dance where all these uh, kind of hidden ro- special hidden role mm. um, uh, roles start messing around with shared information. What conversation you have but it can, becomes this because there's so many. You can't talk to everyone. Nobody can figure it out. Um, it just has to be a vibe and um, <laughs> very much uh, a joyous one. When uh, at the end of all those rounds. 
we find out whether or not the um, the bomb went off or not. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it very sounds like it. if after if the, if there are a few drinks being consumed <laughs> in this party, it sounds like hard work for the uh, for the moderator. I will say oh, uh, yeah. for sure. Well, yeah, although yeah, it's it's it, what's good about it is it has a time limit. Yeah. So uh, at no point is it going to be um, you 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 want to start it not too late. Although we always seem to. Uh, I, I, it's always like at the end of New Year's, uh, the New Year's party that we end up playing uh, Two Rooms in a Boom. I, lo- I love how as well, like we've gone. Oh, what's the best party game? And Matt's gone Bridge of Spies. It's <laughs> 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 <As> a game. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's my favourite party game. <laughs> what about you, Jade? What's uh, what, what what games do you recommend for parties? Um, I always wheel out the same like two games, don't I? Um, so I've very much got a routine for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to one of your parties, yeah. Yeah, yes, you know, it's the same ones. <laughs> it's still going strong. Um, the first one is actually a game that uh, you bought me, Matt, um, Scroll. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. Very very similar to Celestrations, where you have a prompt and you do your little drawing. The next person guesses, they get mm-hmm. they drew the drawing based on that. Um, and it goes on and descends really quickly. And then you can imagine what you sort of get at the end and all the silly answers. <laughs> I really love that one. Um, and my all-time favourite that most people don't like is Bad People. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah. remember that one. Oh, that's crass. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> I won't go into loads of detail. Um, but essentially, you are given a question and everybody has an identity card and everybody has um, one of those cards in their hands. So you can vote for who you think the question might relate to. Um, and the questions are usually quite naughty aren't they yeah so yeah or, or just offensive so it'd be something like i think the clean one um <laughs> is the, there one yeah yeah it was something <laughs> something like the person who would have the fewest attendees at their funeral Oh wow! And then, cutting deep. I love it. You're gonna be like, oh, smelliest poo. No, yeah. it wasn't. No, it's like oh, no. But, but this is it because it's a game, and because I, I like this one especially if I'm meeting new people because you want to sort of see whether people will get into the game or not because it's not it's not a personal attack. Yeah. So if you don't know someone, yeah, certainly like you you can't make a judgment as to whether or not people will attend their funeral. Exactly. And but then people are like, oh, but I don't know them, so I don't want to I don't want to vote and it's like, well, that's, that's a point, you know. We we're just sort of going off judgments here and yeah. we can all have a bit of a laugh about it. But it's not everybody's favorite game. <laughs> I like to to get rid of that sort of initial meet yeah. awkwardness quite quickly and mm. I find that that game kind of does it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. less an icebreaker, more of a of a like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, yeah, and that's sort that's sort of my style. So yeah. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I mean nuclear bombs will break the ice. There's a lot that's of uh, yeah. bomb connections in this part. I know. Are we yeah. going to get done? <laughs> <laughs> Check, check our search history, please. Yeah. Hello, Mr. CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> what, listen to listen, Connor. <laughs> oh um, yeah, uh, we were talking earlier, Jim, about um, the a, a really good replacement for the for the kind of very crass um, cards against humanity, mm-hmm. which is called ransom notes. Uh, which doesn't actually thinking about it, I hadn't really processed. That um, that kind of name, yet. yeah, uh, and, and it, it doesn't sound less crass, does it? Really, or less uh, less aggressive or edgy than than something like Cards Against Humanity. Um, but like those those where you get to kind of uh, be creative, do you tend to find that those are like more your style when it comes to to, to bigger parties? Or, or? I, I, yeah, I I think that um, when playing with gamers, particularly, yeah, that's a lot of fun because. I think gamers on the whole 
they are quite switched on in that area and yeah. they, they they like to have a plan like to have a strategy and, and this kind of mixes that up a bit because mm. you can't mm. really plan for what what happens in those games so yes. it's a lot more spontaneous and but also kind of cerebral enough that those that don't want to play childish games yeah. will still be interested so yeah I think games like like that are, are really good that's a good point yeah like putting putting gamers on the back foot specifically like not in terms of like threatening them but like in terms of being like hey let's get you out of your comfort zone slightly and like, actually let's let's engage in that kind of slightly more creative social space um but still have you know it's all it's got rules it's got a process it's got all that sort of stuff mm. so you don't end up with um uh kind of uh that intimidating just free free for all mm. um uh, which i find socializing with gamers and we've all done it right like it can but you you kind of do want some structure to it um yeah, so that <laughs> you 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 play to win right yeah like, like that's the thing it was like oh you know i i i like games and i like winning games that's why, <laughs> that's why i play yeah. these which is is fine but sometimes the best party games are the ones where if you try to play to win you're just gonna fall flat on your face which some of these games are like because it's you know it's 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 about being silly with it and the people that have the most fun they're the real winners in these type of games well i think that's me like i because i very like I'm unlikely to have a strategy going into mm. anything, really. I like routine, but strategy not so much. So these sort of games where everybody's sort of on the same playing field as I am yeah. makes me feel a lot more comfortable mm. because I know once people started, you know, if they've been playing games for a long time, for example, they kind of have an idea of how something might work. So it, even if it's a completely yeah. different game, if the mechanics are the same, they might know they need to be thinking two steps ahead or they're going to need a certain amount of something to get something else. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that sort of stuff in my filing mm -hmm. system. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're ready to play anything because they know how games work. Yeah. But if, you know, if we're all done together, great. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer that. I, I definitely am with you there in that I know that I would say that out of many of the people I work with, many of the people I know, I am probably on the on the side of like, I haven't played every Euro game, uh, board game under the sun. Mm -hmm. I'm not super maths, mathsy. I don't have that uh, very, very strong systems brain um, uh, in, in the most part. Um, but so what I tend to do, here's a strategy for you, Jade, mm -hmm. um, is... Uh, Try to focus on randomizing the process as much as you can. Okay. Um, inject chaos into <laughs> this into the system, and uh, it, what it means is that everyone else will have to think on their feet as much as you do, and that, they, mm. thereby you level the playing field. I feel that like that's something I do in my normal life. So why not? <laughs> why not do it with games as well? You can throw. I remember playing a game of Skull. Are you familiar with Skull? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it used to be called Skull and Roses. It's done with kind of beer mat looking things, and you. Each turn, you either put one down or you you offer a bit of how many you can overturn without hitting a skull. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the same number of flowers and one skull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's about reading the players and trying to to deduct and pushing your luck. And I played it with with some of the guys at the shop, uh, and I didn't look at any of my yeah. <laughs> at Absolute all in chaos. the entire game, and I won. <laughs> and they were they were not impressed. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Absolute chaos. That's great. That's really good. Did you make a big show of it as well? Like, oh, yeah. I'm not looking at these cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're going to have to like, call me I'm out. just going to shuffle it. There we go. <laughs> the one thing I found with that that sort of 
it just does happen sometimes. If you seem like you have no strategy, sometimes people try and help you. Mm. Or they go, are you sure you want to make that move? Or have you thought about doing this instead? And you're like, I haven't thought about it at all. Like, <laughs> just let me play a bit and That's it's going to be fine. interesting thing. Do you think that might be, and without wanting to go into too many gender politics, do you think that <laughs> might be a gender thing? It very I've never be. had anyone do that to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, it's happened to me quite a few times, yeah, where they've gone, mm, like, oh, they do a face, or, you know, they signal to you, like, that's a bad move. And you're like, <laughs> I'm really just here for the crisps. <laughs> so... I don't really mind if this doesn't go well for me. You can end up with that in... Um, in fact, I played the the other day. I was playing Subterra 2, um, which is a, a you know similar to kind of Pandemic or something, a, a cooperative board game. Mm-hmm. Um, where those, And those classic style, like... I say classic sort of uh, mid-2000s style um, uh, cooperative games are all really vulnerable to the, to the alpha gaming sort of quarterbacking mm-hmm. uh, where someone at the table will tell everyone else what to do because they've just got the slightly stronger mind for strategy or they've just engaged with it slightly more. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're more prepped and ready to, to deliver this one vision. Um, and uh, yeah, you can, just, you can just end up. <laughs> just being told what to do and I didn't I think I went I got through about 35 minutes of Subterra 2 um, not engaging my brain once I was just drinking beer that's what happened with me in Pandemic actually So and <laughs> because I think my role was the person that kind of gets moved about to different places so mm-hmm. like to support someone else Yeah, I didn't do anything and they were like oh and now, now you do this yeah. and your two goes yeah. and it's my go again they were like well, <laughs> no, it, was, it was literally like we'll put Jade here and I was like okay <laughs> alright yeah fine I'll just watch um, well whatever but some, yeah some people are more invested I guess and I think if people are more competitive than you, occasionally they think that because you don't have that same like desire to win, mm. that you're not going to play it properly. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's not that I'm not trying. It's just that it matters less to me than you. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just here for a nice time. I think you see it. You see, you do see it in video games as well. And obviously, uh, Gang Beasts is often quoted as a big party game. And you know, we get it a lot. We, we, we people play as a lot of parties, whether it's four players, whether it's eight players. Um, you know, and and if people don't know the controls, like a lot of fighting games, it's like, oh, just let me figure out the controls first. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people will just won't bother and like, no, we're beating you up and throwing you off this after this ring straight away. Yeah. You are you are flying off the blimp as fast as mm-hmm. you possibly can. But then, like, you get to the point where actually I can toy with you. Yeah. I can like, <laughs> I can lift you up and like show how how much better I am than you already. <laughs> and you do see that a lot as well. Um, and she's kind of like the whole, oh no, no, I'll give you a little bit of time, but I'm going to do it whilst I'm punching you in the face. I think um, it stings a little bit more if someone who hasn't sat and learned the controls like destroys you. I I remember that yeah. when I went to Barnsley Retrodome, we were playing Tekken and absolutely wiped the floor with Tom and he was so upset <laughs> <laughs> well you, you are like uh, especially um, when you've played through the, the campaign on your on your own and you've played you've learned this one character all with, you know, yeah. learned all the moves and stuff and then you play against a real person and they just choose a person who they can just spam one one move and you haven't encountered that one move before because you're playing against the computer and you're just like well this is bullshit <laughs> this is completely rubbish what's the point of this game um, but yeah I uh, I find that the best use for fighting games is if everyone doesn't know how to use them. Yes. So I have a I have a little uh, like a, a little supply on Steam of um, of random fighting games that I don't know how to play. Um, so that if I have a party where just people fancy it, I can just call that up and we can have a tournament of, and nobody knows how to play anything. Mm. Um, and that, that means it's quite disposable because after you've done a few parties like that with the same game, yeah. uh, it's good. Um, my favourite one for that is a game called Dive Kick, 
Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, dive kick is just a game where there's only two buttons: the button for dive and the button for kick. Yeah. Uh, and um, so you, and it, it's literally playable with two buttons from like a you know a quiz game or something. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you press one button, you go up in the air, and if you press another button, you go at a forty-five degree angle <laughs> or ish uh, towards your opponent. And you just have to try and it's like playing thumb, you know, like a thumb war. Mm-hmm. You're just tr- doing that. That's the mm-hmm. whole. That's the whole game. Uh, and one hit, and you're out. Oh, so, so, so you do this kind of like this quick fire things. But the thing is, it's got all the strategy that like masters of uh, uh, kind of fighting games are experiencing. Yeah. Except without having to learn all the massive move sets. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really enjoy playing that. Um, it's, it was out ages and ages ago, but um, I, I still keep it to this day because I can't get better at it. It's just diving and kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's like getting better at rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that there are experts that can win at rock, paper, scissors. For but, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, for the vast majority of us, 99% of the time, it's going to be pure chance. So we're talking about party games this month um, because... Uh, it's my birthday. Uh, is it? Is no, it? No, it's not. Oh. It's September. Mine's June, though. Oh, you're near. You're near. Mine is next week. Oh, 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 yeah. all right, Jim, also, this is actually a. Bo- oh, I made a joke, but I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> okay. So, not only is it your birthday next week, but it was your company's birthday last month. Uh, yeah, and today they were recording is one year exactly from when we opened in Mary Street. So it's it's oh, loads of kind of anniversary me. things all in one go, yeah. It's very cute. That is extremely cute. And, <laughs> and you had a, a bunch of celebrations over the uh, over the month? We did, yeah. Uh, we tried not to get too carried away because <laughs> it was, and I would say this weirdly, only 29. Um, <laughs> because we're going to try and do lots of things mm. next year. Already making plans for 30. Yeah, because it will be 30. And that obviously is a bigger thing to shout about I think at, at what age do you officially become an institution I don't know <laughs> I think I think Patriots already an we institution bought, I think last yeah. time Jim was on we described it as an institution yeah. <laughs> so just the well, when can we officially mark it when can we get that I don't know the plaque yeah let's get a plaque let's yeah, get a let's plaque get a going plaque. <laughs> or the blue plaque or... we're going to put plaques in everywhere you've been uh... <laughs> and fill the city with yeah. plaques yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so where where was the first uh, Patriot Games. So, well, when when we started out, we weren't called Patriot Games. We were called Patriot Comics. Ah. We were in uh, Castle Market, lower mm-hmm. ground floor, mm-hmm. um, and a game, like an insignificant little game, came out called Magic: The Gathering, <laughs> and that kind of changed our direction in a an interesting way. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Pretty much, Magic at the time was revolutionary mm-hmm. there wasn't been anything like it mm-hmm. so there weren't really game shops so it, if there was a game shop it sold chess or stuff yeah. like that yeah. so Nothing it kind to of keep... got marketed to comic shops and yeah it kind of went from there and then there was a boom in ccgs can i ask what a ccg is collectible card game thank you often called a tcg is that in, trading in card modern game? parlance yeah okay good um from running events and getting lots of people playing moving mm-hmm. out of the markets was obviously the best move because there was a time constraint on being in the market when you'd be open so into a shop mm-hmm. and then never really looked back we changed our name to Patriot Games in 2002 when we became a limited company mm-hmm. okay. um, because we had pretty much at that point 
got rid of comics and went completely to games. Was it was it a slow thing? Was it like just you know getting a few sets of Magic the Gathering cards in and going, oh actually these are pretty quick. Let's let's get a few more in and then oh actually they were. Or, or was it something like you could immediately see, okay, this um, is where the direction is going. I think with everyone with Magic when it first came out, it was overwhelmingly taken up by people to play because mm-hmm. it was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, as a role player, it was quite scary because it almost killed role playing. Because people mm, would meet up to role play, really? they don't play in magic. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever I've had people ask me about whether I, I envisaged this, whether I saw this would happen yeah. or this would come, but I don't think you ever really do. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anyone involved with Patriot at that time would have seen that that would be the main direction. I think it became obvious that there was a there was definitely the the need and and mm-hmm. the engagement from people and we had a boom in the comic market mm-hmm. and that seemed the right time to step out of the comic market because there were lots of comic stores opening um, mm-hmm. and concentrate on and when Francis who was kind of our comics guy yeah departed from the company yeah it seemed like a good time to to depart from comic books I love comics but I'm not an expert. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And the way you purchase comics, at particularly at that time, was three months in advance. Yeah, yeah. And you had to make a decision on a new title before you knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And that was not something I was good at. So yeah. um, we didn't do that. Like hats off to the good comic stores. You know, we've got Space Center and Sheffield, which have been around for forever. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's where I order my comics from when I order comics these days. Not so much anymore, sadly. It's like, I end up with a big pile of comics I didn't have time to read. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I kudos to them. I think everyone is good at that. But also you need to know your strengths. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't mine. So uh, now, now obviously we're kind of Patriot Games, full games. Um, are you able to kind of predict what the next kind of big games are going to be? Do you still order things three months in advance like you would comics? Or is it, are you able to be well, a bit more reactive? it's moved, again, back to the, the world of pre-orders because the way people consume, the way people buy, mm-hmm. people want to pre-order usually online mm-hmm. in advance because they want to make sure they've got it. Mm-hmm. Fear of missing out is a big thing in our mm-hmm. industry. So you have to try and keep up. I wouldn't say I'm particularly good at predicting what's good i'm i'm pretty good at listening to people mm-hmm. who might know better than me mm-hmm. um people in the industry customers mm-hmm. people like for instance i think earth is coming out very shortly and that's going to probably be a big hitter um right. it's in the kind of um it's not a party game but it's in the um, wingspan kind of mold yeah. okay. um, and it, i think it's gonna hit well but you get it wrong i mm-hmm. i famously or famously in in our store anyway like snubbed hero clicks when it launched i looked at it and went that looks terrible no one's gonna buy that and then it was like the biggest selling thing yeah and then we didn't have any audience for it we didn't have it so it took me well over a year to actually get yeah. any customer base for it so you, you get it wrong you yeah. get it right it's one of those things i think mm. is that ability to sort of like uh listen do you reckon that's probably one of the one of the strengths you've carried forward like surely like being in touch with the, the players and having that space where people can play and, and will spend more time is that potentially a, a, like a one of the things that's kept patriot around mm. i think so um i'm i'm very good at being uh an expert for 10 minutes so i can absorb information really well mm-hmm. 
and then as long as I make use of that while it's in my head, I can do pretty well with it. Um, I used to, uh, in a previous career, uh, I used to take advantage of that all the time, mm -hmm. become an expert. I was a sculptor and a painter, and I used to Ooh. make um, commercial giftware. And so mm -hmm. learning about a subject, like absorbing everything about a Charles Rennie Macintosh in order to make things mm -hmm. was very useful. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily need to carry that around in my head. So yeah. I'm also very good at dumping it out again. <laughs> uh, so, And that's helped a lot in learning games rules, learning mm. stuff for demos, learning, mm -hmm. listening to people, hearing what's good. And also just running a business. I think listening to people is a key thing. Right? Mm. You need to take feedback. I'm big on feedback, be it positive or negative. In fact, everyone loves positive feedback. It's nice. But useful feedback is often negative. Mm -hmm. And so I'm... Um, perfectly happy to get that as well because that's how we get better and that's what we try to do all the time everyone will be the same you guys will be the same in what you do it's just learning to not be offended by something that someone had a bad time isn't necessarily personally aimed at you yeah even if it is aimed at you at that moment yeah you know it's a learning opportunity i think yeah when you look at we have uh, it's very clear that Patriot is, is a business that has continued to develop based on, you know, the venues that you've been in, right? So you've been in quite a number of venues uh, now. Yeah. Um, and this current one on Mary Street is the biggest, right? Is that right? By far, yeah. By far. 11,500 square feet. That's big. Wow, incredible. It's, that's, that's ambitious. Like, yeah. that's an ambitious size of a building to, to, to take over custody of and to, um, to uh, make plans for. Is that, was that daunting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we we had a kind of a 10-year plan when we moved into Union Street mm -hmm. that we would move to a building double the size. We've always tried to double the size when we moved. Mm -hmm. And so our plan was 10 years, work up to doubling the size. That was forced short at five years because of um, Heart of the City and, and mm -hmm. stuff. So we were like, okay, we're going to need to maybe advance our 10-year mm -hmm. plan. But then we obviously went quite a bit bigger than double because Union Street was 2,400 square feet. Mm -hmm. So, But it became impossible to find what we were looking for. I mm. think COVID changed the city centre dramatically and it wasn't possible like, just financially. It was actually less of a financial burden to take a bigger premises. That's really, fascinating. Which is mental, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That is that is absolutely wild, and that was like uh, primarily a function of COVID. Like like the 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 landscape changed that much. Yeah, yeah. Goodness me. I mean, to to move into a place double the size we had, we were looking at ten times the price. Wow. Whereas the place we're in is double the price, but, yeah. but ten times the size. But ten times the size. <laughs> so. And and I think you've. I think it's a smart call, especially even if it was via necessity because with the trouble that the high street is having um uh, in terms of like less traffic on mm. the streets people aren't necessarily just uh, wandering around uh, the center of town shop going in and out of shops as much as they were although it's you know like uh, there's a lot of like good initiative to try and uh, kind of uh, promote that um, having a place where people will go as a destination is smart in this day and age, I think. Yeah, and I, I probably can't take credit for that. So, uh, again, it's a case of listening. Mm -hmm. My team, particularly um, Sally and Paul, 
they were like we think that actually being slightly off the beaten track isn't so bad now destination might be a thing and we started out fairly destination and i was enjoying the being a what we called a grown-up retail establishment mm -hmm. um but you know they presented me with information and we looked at it and like okay yeah fair enough i think it's probably if any time was right to do that to go back mm -hmm. to being destination this was that time mm -hmm. so um Ultimately, I think when we went into that space, we all loved it, and we spent a long time negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely got to be got to be used as, as some sort of case study because you're right about like you know the, the high street is changing. COVID caused, mm -hmm. forced it to change absolutely massively, and you know even though there's lots of redevelopment projects in Sheffield, particularly kind of some of the ones up at Fargate, but all those you know development projects, whether it was the the, the short-lived containers or, or anything else that they're putting on there now. <laughs> um, they are trying to provide some sort of destination stuff. And then, you know, like I said, you're right, you just look off the beaten track just a little bit, you know, it's it's really not that far. It's a five-minute walk from the centre of town mm. down to Mary Street. And you've got this venue that's sitting 150 people regularly yeah. on a weekday mm -hmm. and coming down, you're like, wow, that's... If, if, if somewhere, some place on the high street was doing that, it'd be incredible. And that has all that foot traffic. Yeah. And this is a little bit further out. So there's, you know... When we talk about the high street is changing, I think you're kind of providing a model um, that it's, you know, how cities are changing. You're providing a model for, I think, how a lot of retailers can do it, I guess. I think as an industry, particularly with the, the advent of board game cafes as well, mm -hmm. we have been doing the thing that all of the experts have been recently banging a drum about, which is provide a shopper experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've been doing that. That's what we do. You know, we, I, I've had experts come and talk to me, and um, I'm like, we do, we do, we, we've been doing that for years. So it's not like, and I'm not saying we're all experts in it, but it's just the nature of what we do. Mm. We want people to play games. That in itself is an experience. So that's what we do. We aim to give people, and that's one of our. We, we work out team aims for the business and that's one of our, our goals is to give everyone an excellent customer experience mm -hmm. that's that's an aim and we are always very disappointed if we fall short on that it does happen occasionally mm -hmm. um, but you know we try and learn from that and try and get better and I think that's the way of any business should work but in gaming that's probably a little bit easier because that's the nature of games. So. Their experiences in, yeah. in, in in their own right, I suppose. I wonder, because I think gamers as a group, um, they can be relatively unpredictable, I think. Um, you don't know quite what section of it you're going to get um, when when someone walks into, into your establishment. You don't know exactly how this person's going to behave, exactly how um, ready to interact with you on the level you're expecting as a as a, like a um, a service provider, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, do you think Sheffield has? Because I've only ever had relatively positive experiences with Sheffield's gaming communities. Do you think Sheffield is a like an outlier in that? I do feel like it is an outlier in in many ways. Sheffield is a, a kind of a unique place. I think it gets described a lot as a giant village. Um, mm -hmm. But I found, I've I talked to lots of other retailers, I have done over the years, and often the things you hear are, another store has opened in my town and they're at war with each other and it's very yeah. hostile. And I've, I've never really experienced that in Sheffield. It's never been the way. We've had a few people in that have been 
overly enthusiastically competitive mm. right. but they've not been hostile and the ones that have been anywhere near hostile have not lasted yeah but yeah. there are lots of situations where i can i can think about where other gaming establishments have helped us out mm -hmm. so and gamers like when we had the floods in 2007 we mm -hmm. got flooded the first phone call i got was war games emporium asking me if I needed any storage space to put my stuff. Ah. The next morning I walked into work thinking, what the hell am I going to do? How, how am I going to sort this out? There was a bunch of gamers outside with wellies. Oh, wow. And they helped me clean the place and document all the damage for the insurance company. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I just think something about Sheffield, it's a friendly city in general. There's always places that you go to that feel less friendly, but it's a lot of people live in Sheffield. Yeah. Um, but it just has that feel. It's a nice place to be, and and I think the gaming community on the whole is nice. Yeah, I mean, good bunch. never more so in in the case of the, the game swap and the charity stuff that we're, we're like mm -hmm. they're starting to get together. You really do you do see um, how much people come out and bring like genuinely valuable artifacts from gaming um, uh, down to Patriot. That's happening like more frequently now. We're actually getting it like twice a year. It and is. I think, yeah, we want to make it biannually. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Ruth Treehouse Board Game Cafe is absolutely instrumental in kind of uh, kicking off that event. And I don't think we've got a date in the calendar for mm. next one. Um, maybe June, maybe July, something around then. Um, but we do have dates in the calendar for other events in May. So yes. is it worth just quickly going over some of the cool stuff happening in Sheffield? Yeah, let's this do month? that. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff um, coming up. Part of the reason we uh, chose to, to talk about party games, talk about, uh, you know, mm. Patriots birthday celebration and all that sort of thing. It's also because a couple more of the uh, gaming businesses in Sheffield um, have birthdays this month coming. Mm -hmm. So it's it's quite a uh, an auspicious uh, time of the year. I mean, I know they do happen every year. So one in 12, <laughs> if we did this every year, then one in 12 of the episodes would always be about this mm -hmm. particular uh, thing. But uh, Meltdown um, Esports Bar uh, is having their birthday this month um they're having a weekend. They're making a weekend of it. You know, I, I, Jim, you were talking about how you didn't want to go too mad about like you know uh, too many massive events because you know you're saving up for you're saving yourself for the thirtieth. They're um, uh, no, they haven't followed that. No, they're like we're gonna have a two day birthday. <laughs> the entire month of May is our birthday month. Uh, we're all my presents. Uh, it's, it's between the tenth and the thirteenth, so they're doing the whole weekend, uh, yeah, and that's the that's Eurovision weekend, which they will be showing. Um, so uh, I mean, it's a great party game. So I used to have a real good. Eurovision drinking game. We'll come on to that later. Well, I don't think we need to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very good Eurovision drinking game. Well, I have to. They changed the rules. They changed the rules of Eurovision? Yeah, uh, like six, seven years ago. Uh, they changed okay. the rules again this year. Yeah. Well, we're seg <laughs> let's go back Sorry. to <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 well, I mean, Otherwise, we're going to go down a hole. I mean, this is the thing. If there's ever going to be a room uh, which is going to get up in arms about the rules changes in Eurovision, it's probably going to be Meltdown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be with a load of gamers who are like, okay, what's the meta this year? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be really interested, actually. So, uh, Meltdown do have a new quiz format, don't they, Jade? Yes, they do. Well, I'm interested if they're going to try it out for their birthday, but I know they've got a new quiz system. Um, obviously, Meltdowns kind of do have a really cool pub quiz. There's all about uh, video game and esports news and stuff like that, and a little bit of general knowledge. But I know that I think they're trying a new way of doing it, 
um, which sounds quite interesting. So yeah, they're getting the um, the the old phone involved. They are. Yeah, which which allows them to do fastest finger first sort of situations and yeah. all that sort of thing. And it stops you googling it, googling the answers. Yeah, because you've got your your yeah. f- your phone's engaged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, clever. Well, they're not the only uh, business celebrating their birthday though, because also Extra Life Gaming Lounge. They are it's their birthday. Is it four four years now? Because they started before the pandemic. It was 2019. Yeah, um, which is wild that we're we're that far forward in time but mm. I guess that is the nature of it mm. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like so Meltdown for Meltdowns um, their birthday is going to be kind of you know I imagine alcohol fueled in some way and kind of up late at night um, whereas I know the Extra Life uh, Gaming Lounge they're, they're going to be selling their, their birthday in the best way they know which will be their Saturday morning cartoons and yeah. pyjama parties and you know very wholesome isn't it, it? is they're yeah, very wholesome like... they're very wholesome I'm sure they've got lots of members events on as well but they're very very much white the uh, the chilled out cousin mm. meltdown I suppose yeah everyone wants to to play some retro games while while watching like a cartoon exactly a cartoon <laughs> from their childhood that's it's it couldn't be a pairing better yeah because yeah, um, you can go and melt down the night before and then you know have you <laughs> have you hangover extra life be very yeah, gentle perfect. to yourself the following morning yeah exactly and the food there's amazing as well it so yeah is feed the hangover perfect for a hangover mm-hmm. genuinely so also uh, this month the uh, national video game museum it's not their birthday um, but they are out and about actually and the more market is is uh, accommodating them for a quick pop-up exhibition all about games made in Sheffield. Um, one of those, obviously, is Gang Beasts, which is a game that I uh, lovingly work on. So I'm actually going to be there as well, um, showcasing a little bit of Gang Beasts, a little bit of the kind of the, the the history of the development of Gang Beasts and how it was built and crafted um, right here uh, in the Steel City, and which a lot of people are surprised about. People always think, "Oh no, this game has got to be made in the US because it's set in the US, right? It's yeah. Set in this, but no, it's it's set well, in the Beef uh, City, isn't." Is, is, is it is it part of the United States canonically? Well, no, no, it's um, not canonically. I guess no. um, there is there is a whole world in there, but I won't go too deep into the lore. Um, but it no, was please do. It was inspired by uh, what? Well, so it's all right. So there are the, there's there's also New Pork. There's also uh, lots of other cities in. Uh, in across the country of, of gang beasts um, and there are actually multiple countries as well that have different things going on it's totally it's a whole law right? it, it has been considered um, I love it so but what's more important for uh, for for this uh, exhibit at the Moor Market which is on the, the 2nd 3rd and 4th of May um, so you might just be able to catch it if you're listening to this uh, early um, is that they'll be showcasing how it was created I think from you know uh, representations of the US in movies like you know The Warriors and and um, oh, what was the one with Willem Dafoe where he's the bad guy on a bike? Um, Willem Dafoe, bad guy, Young Hearts. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It was a game. It was. It was. It was the movie that also inspired Streets of Rage. Um, yeah. And it was actually a musical, and it was like set in some kind of like dingy fifties US with a bunch of gangs and crime and that cool version of the US. That's yeah. what inspired. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the, the version of the US represented in like I don't know. They live apart from that. <laughs> Absolutely, that. That, is, that is a massive. That is a massive. Uh, definitely, there was the 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 brothers that obviously kind of conceptualised the game at the start. will say that's a huge inspiration. Ah, uh, yeah, the seventies and eighties uh, action, um, like low. Well, probably a fairly high budget, but like uh, kind of low <laughs> cognitive input uh, action movies. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, Chewing gum for the eyes. Exactly. <laughs> 
never heard that before. I really like that's it. A good, that's a good phrase. <laughs> but there'll be, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be lots of that as well as other games made in Sheffield that'll be exhibited in the mall market. Um, I'm going to come down to that if you're running it, and I'm just going to ask you about deep. Um, uh, I, I'm not running it, but I will be there. And I'll, yeah, I'll come. I'll come with you know, uh, ready to answer questions about the Beef City. Beef City law, yeah. yeah. I, I want to know everything about it. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, so uh, one thing I, I want to talk about is uh, that uh, the Treehouse has a new menu. Um, uh, food Ooh. menu has been revamped for the summer months. Um, and let me tell you, as someone who many of those dishes were tried out on, oh. um, which is a good job. It's a good day at work. That good yeah. day at work. I just, it was quite quiet. <laughs> the whole day was going past and every now and again a plate had come out and a wrap would be sat on the table <laughs> uh, on the bar and I'd be like this is the best job ever um, do but, you ever like finish it off and be like no I'm really sorry you've got to change the recipe do it again <laughs> <laughs> I was like very much for um, when I was just like I need some more Henderson's yeah, uh, needs more Henderson's yeah, yeah. relish. Um, but yeah, we've um, uh, revamped all the grilled cheeses and um, for, with new flavours, and uh, also uh, particularly for the summer. Although I think we're going to keep these as we go. Just we've got a few more kind of summery flavours um, uh, if in wraps. Um, mm-hmm. all, almost all of, all of our bagels now can uh, be had in wrap form uh, which makes them lighter means that you get slightly less sleepy when you uh, when you finish them and uh, can therefore con- concentrate on the game at hand uh, a little bit better if, you, if you're look- looking for something slightly lighter um, and they're all really really good just super super tasty apart from the one with olives in because I don't like olives grow up <laughs> you're an adult now Matthew yeah, you, have to, you have to like olives though <laughs> One uh, last thing that's happening at the Treehouse is um, that uh, we're doing a kind of after-school adventures, um, a kind of after-school club thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of May, mm-hmm. uh, we have three events for uh, kids. Um, we, it's uh, between ages 14 and 17, um, and basically it runs from 4.30 uh, until 6.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one, which is on the 10th, is going to be uh, an introduction to D&D. So we're going to have someone uh, running uh, Dungeons & Dragons for people who sign up. Um, and then after that we have Blood on the Clock Tower can you believe it uh, we're going to have uh, a teenage game of Blood on the Clock Tower which should be entertaining um, spicy if you want to do some uh, hidden role gaming uh, and then finally we just have a, a, a nice selection of board games which we're going to have picked out uh, um, a dedicated table and someone to teach the, those board games and run them and, and make sure everyone's uh, kind of comfortable and, and set into to, uh, games so cool. um, if you've got a kid um, who is uh, between those ages and uh, you'd like to uh, get them something to do over the course of uh, mm-hmm. over the course of the uh, the month then I very uh, heartily recommend getting to the uh, the treehouse website and uh, and signing them up over there nice there is actually a really big uh, science fiction role-playing convention a role-playing game convention happening this month as well oh really which is the North Star convention um, I don't know much about it but Jim do you do you are you have you come across this convention before yeah I've I've been uh, kind of involved with uh, not in any of the organising capacity I hasten mm-hmm. to add with lots of the what we call the Gary Con, so gone mm-hmm. cons at the Garrison which is in Hillsborough mm-hmm. it's an ideal uh, venue for role-play they've got all the cells you can sit a role-play game in and there's no sound overflow because of the nice thick walls oh, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and North Star is one of those. Mm-hmm. 
there's a few other going throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very friendly, um, really well planned, really well put together. Um, I really go, enjoy going. We often go and trade there. It's quite an enjoyable weekend as a trader just to talk about role play with really enthusiastic role players all weekend. It's great. Nice. Um, mm. but yeah, they're very friendly. I, I highly recommend if you're a role player and you live in Sheffield, any of the gallery cons are excellent. Awesome, awesome. This one's happening on the 13th and 14th of May. I think you can, if you, if you just search North Star Conference online, it should pop up the first link on Google. That sounds really good. Um, uh, Jim, uh, at Patriot, let's not, let's not forget uh, that you have, um, <laughs> to be honest, pretty much every day you've got events go- uh, going on uh, yeah. this month. Um, uh, we'd be kind of uh, remiss in not talking about them, uh, but particularly um, uh, of note, I think you've got a couple of uh, quite important My Hero Academia um, yeah, yeah. We've got We've been really uh, fans of that game since it first came out and had a different name. It was called UFS originally, and we've supported it for years. And now it has the My Hero Academia license on it. Mm. It's, it's attracted a, a, an extra audience and, um, again, a nice friendly audience. And, and we... Are lucky enough that our uh, our coordinator Sean is also a massive fan of the game, so um, it gets very good treatment. Um, and so we've got a regional comp today. There was an event on, but yeah, it, if you're if you like kind of fighting games in a card form, mm-hmm. then uh, and you like My Hero Academia, uh, <laughs> it's perfect. You'll you'll love it. You give it a try. But the events are great. Um, the crowd are good. We, I think we've got. European champion is one of our regulars, so no yeah, way. yeah, oh, amazing. The real life all might. That's a My Hero Academia reference, if anyone. Yeah, that went down really well. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means, uh, but I, uh, I appreciate that you do. <laughs> there are there are an increasing number of anime flavored games, and I find myself more and more having to ask the players is that about because <laughs> i'm not an anime person and so yeah. they're quite baffling at times <laughs> I, I don't dislike them but there's a lot of lore in anime and and you yeah. can get them very wrong so yeah 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 i have i have a set of dragon ball super card game when it first launched in the uk actually because i just i think i got a super saiyan goku and i was like that's it i'm done don't need to collect anymore <laughs> um, yeah and no, i did try playing it they're actually kind of a useful app that kind of just guided you through using a thingy deck which i quite liked um but it yeah yeah same with the final fantasy card game i also bought the first set for that hmm. and then yeah that was, that's as far as my involvement goes <laughs> that, it's just, that is an, in my opinion one of the best developed card games that's on the market i, I really really like that game mm-hmm. i don't really really like the license so it's hard it's a bit of a push ball for me but um we've run nationals for that in sheffield and the the crowd were great they're so mm-hmm. into it but they're also so into being part of a community and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. it was a real joy to to run that it was nice. it was good cool. uh, the only other one that's one i want to quickly mention uh one quick event that's coming up um and it's actually happening happens every month but i've neglected to, to mention it on previous podcasts um that's my fault um but there is a small little meetup called gems which happens on the, the third saturday of every month um in, in the morning um, and GEM stands for Game Experience Makers in Sheffield. And it's kind of a little free social meetup um, for anybody that is interested in making game experiences. These uh, can be video game experiences, they can be role-playing experiences, they can be um, anything. 
um, but stuff that's kind of, you know, I don't know, kind of really informed by kind of performance practices and art performance practices as well, um, as well as game stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's a nice little social meetup um, that, like I said, happens at the Higa Cafe, um, just opposite the, what's the square called? Fitzland Square, just on Fitzland Square. Mm-hmm. Every Saturday, every third Saturday of the month, just in the morning. So I go to Agri Dance them. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah, that'd, that'd be good. I think yeah. I might, might, might give that a go. Yeah, they're free to come along. Just buy yourself a coffee. Yeah. Um, and, and if you end up developing something that is a board game, then you can always go to Playtest UK uh, at uh, either Patriot or Treehouse. Um, you could go to one straight to the other because yeah. ours starts at midday on the third Saturday of the month. For Perfect. Ours finishes, yeah. The gems finishes at midday. So. <laughs> That's wild. Nailed so you could it. literally take whatever you'd made. Absolutely nailed it. It's a pretty short route it. straight down uh, yeah, Bond there's... Street. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. That's so good. <laughs> That's a really good coincidence. I'm going to let gems people know. And we, we should be, uh, yeah, fix yeah. that to them for sure. Let's put uh, if, if they're not already in touch they should be right like yeah. uh, we've actually got games on our shelf from games that we've tested at Playtest UK in store oh, that amazing. have gone and been produced yeah so oh, it, it does work it does yeah. get your game in front of people and get some feedback mm-hmm. so definitely cool. there's a discord for, for, for Playtest UK that, that's constantly going off with uh, not just game design stuff but also um how to get it in front of people how to help promoting it how to get a good visual aesthetic all that mm-hmm. kind of thing there's conversations going off here in that in that community uh by people who who know about it and, and i think it's uh, well worth uh, tuning in right i think that's uh, all of the events uh, we are talking about uh, this month cool so uh, jim <laughs> if people kind of want to um maybe chat to you or see you in person where, where can they find you in sheffield generally at patriot uh, yeah I feel like maybe I live there at times, but uh, <laughs> if you don't see me on the shop floor, it doesn't mean I'm not there. I'm often doing the less interesting parts mm-hmm. in front of a computer. Uh, but, you know, ask one of the guys and they'll give me a shout. Um, nice. It's always nice to talk to people who enthuse. Yeah. Um, and people can find out more about all this stuff as well that Patreon Games got going on online, yeah. I guess. Yeah, our new website hasn't quite launched, but should be up and running sort of next week. So um, it will be easier for you to find events um there'll be a nice landing page and yeah um our social media is pretty active so you can generally find stuff or you can phone us we, we like talking to people <laughs> <laughs> and jade whereabouts if people want to find you online where can they find you you can find me on twitter at the nox bear um and just a quick update regarding ember as well because yes. you know it's been a little while um we are currently in the in the position where we're looking to get some more developers on. Mm. Um, you can still sign up to the site, so you can make an account and stuff. It's mostly for testing, but we would really appreciate it if you did sign up because that helps us find any issues with it. Um, but yeah, that's it from me. Thanks. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so if you want to find me, then you can find me at Matt Speaks Words on Twitter for as long as that still exists. Um, but also you can obviously go to... Uh, treehousesheffield.com if you want to book a table at the Treehouse um, where uh, you can go to our events page where you find everything that's on um, uh, over there um, if you want to hear more of my voice then you can go over to uh, Life's a Pitch podcast which is the other podcast I do um, where we pitch movies based on titles that uh, are given to us by you so if you head over to our socials at Life's a Pitch show on Twitter will do um, then uh, you can give us titles there as well if you want to get involved nice yeah, and uh, me, you follow me on TikTok. 
I'm on TikTok. <laughs> uh, follow Gang Beasts on TikTok uh, or go chat to us over on our Discord as well, the Gang Beasts Discord server. Um, and Gang Beasts you can find on any major storefront, <laughs> video game, digital <laughs> storefront, I guess. Um, cool. All right. Well, thank you all for chatting, uh, chatting with us this month. And well, we'll chat with you all again next month, I guess. Bye. Bye bye. bye, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast. For more information on the Sheffield Games Collective, follow us over at Sheffield Gaming on Twitter, Sheffield Games on Instagram, and at our website, Sheffield.Games. Our incredible intro and outro were provided to us by Harley over at HarleyLikesMusic.com. Music